0: Every single thought you have about Jack Daniels is wrong. Unless, of course, you're a fan of Jack Daniels. The whole idea that somehow Jack Daniels is something you drink only as a mixer. Jack Daniels is something you drink when you've got nothing else. All of that is nonsense. What they have been doing with barrel proofs and with single barrels has been sensational. But what I've got in front of me and Fingers Moy has in front of him... This is as high of a proof of anything I have ever had to drink, and from what everybody tells me, we're about to be amazed. Are you going to applaud because it's high proof? It's Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That's America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and this is the Jack Daniels Single Barrel Barrel Proof. Now... These barrels were actually selected when we record. We're, we're usually out about in cigar lounges, and one of our favorite places is Blend Bar Cigar. Indianapolis, Nashville, Houston, and Pittsburgh, blendbarcigar.com. They went down and picked their own barrels, and they picked two barrels that were about six barrels away from each other. And what's so fascinating about bourbon, and remember, I understand they call it sour mash, and they call it sour mash because they did the charcoal filtering, and therefore it's not a bourbon because that would not fit in that bourbon world. Uh, Bourbon is is very simple. It's a first-use American charred oak barrel, right? It has certain levels of proof. It has to be going into the barrel and then coming out. It has to be 51% corn, and you can only dilute with water to bring down the proof, something they did not do (laughs) with these two Jack Daniels. Uh, But the, the, the story here is that they pick these barrels, and these barrels are about six barrels apart. This is where the magic of the wood comes into play. Why do bourbons taste different? Why can you have different runs and get different flavors out of the bourbon? It's because whatever that wood is, that that American charred oak, depending on the level of the char, depending on how really that wood, how it grew, it will give you different unique flavors. And so what we have here is a 130.7 proof and a 132.5 proof. Woo! And as I am told, it may be a higher proof, but it's a much more complex piece. We're gonna start very simply with the 130. So with 130.5 proof. So for those of you who played the home game, it's 65.35% alcohol by volume. It is a very, very perfect kind of amber golden in in the in the glass. And that nose is pure banana, baby. Yep. It's that Jack Daniels. You know it when you smell it kind of thing. Last now, I had Jack when I was with my family for Thanksgiving and 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 adored it. You forget sometimes. This is a wonderful, wonderful bit of nose. Even at 130, you're not getting that ethanol. You're not getting that harsh alcohol on the nose at all, fingers malign.
1: No, you aren't, but you there's a hint. There, there's there's a hint. Maybe it, at the end? At the end, there is a hint of an ethanol, strong alcohol aroma, but just a hint. Is This isn't something... If, if you would have walked up to someone and said, uh, you, you need to, to take a, a whiff of this, you think it's high proof, I don't think that people no, not would at say, all. oh, but that, that's overwhelming.
0: Very candy, very uh, banana, a bit of maple, uh, almost in that syrup kind of way. It is not syrupy in the glass. It does coat. We're, we're drinking out of a Glencairn glass, which, you know, has that unique shape to it, that uh, kind of, you know, curvature to it. Uh, it. It does grip the sides a little bit, but not necessarily syrupy. Are you ready to do this? You Absolutely. This? You want me to go first? I, I'm yeah. glad that we're going with the lower proof because you got to warm up. You've got you to work your way.
1: Right, right. exactly. you got, you got
0: you to walk before you stumble <laughs> and and <laughs> wonder what happened to your pants. That's correct. You ready? You want to do it first? Sure, why not? All right. 103 proof. We do it neat. That's the way we do it. He's taking his sip. You got to move it around the palate. And sometimes you got to take a couple of sips because that first sip can absolutely sting the tongue and you want to get the tongue used to it and then move down. Fingers? Wow. Okay. Talk to me. I'm, uh, I'll wait.
1: What hits you right away, there's there's a little bit of sting, but the spice that hits your tongue and your palate is so much more than any sting you will ever get. There's absolutely no real burn going down um, your throat and into your chest. Maybe a little bit of warmth, but nothing, again, I would never guess this is 130
0: proof. How much do you love high proof bourbons? I love it. Yeah, I don't. So I I will be the judge of how much heat this thing gives. All right, here we go. Here's my set.
1: Tony's getting ready. There he goes. He's got the, he's doing the the Chattanooga chomp.
0: It's the Kentucky Chew. Okay, you are much more of a man than me. Chocolaty, um, that 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 bit of of sweet, almost sugary. Um, it does have a sting to the front part of the tongue. There is definitely heat that went down the throat. There is no. Th- you're right. There's not a burn in in the chest. There is a warmth in the chest. Oh, oh my! It's wonderful. Oh, what is wonderful. that delicious? Oh, is that? But oh, hold on, I gotta do it again. But to me, so much of it
1: is, is more of the spice than an actual sting or burn on the tongue. There, there's definitely a strong spice on
0: the palate. See, that's so funny. I think I, it's not that I think you're wrong, it's that I am so taken by the sweetness, mm-hmm. by the, the banana nose and the chocolatey on, on, on the tongue. Maybe as, a, as I'm breathing through it, there's a little more spice there.
1: I'll tell you what you don't
0: want to do. What? Or
1: maybe you do when we, when we step up right? to the 132. Swallow and then inhale after you swallow <laughs> and feel that that's,
0: that's where it'll burn. It is big in the mouth. It is yeah. big in the throat. And that heat is almost, it's not a cinnamon. Maybe it is, we can call it a spice. That heat is building a little bit. You know that it's there and you feel it. Center throat. That's a very unique spot. I don't often feel things in that place. Now, should we move to the 132 now, or should we wait? Now we're going to do it now. Yeah, okay. We're going to do it now. All right. Oh, that is lovely. Now, if we have to try it again. Now, by the way, you're talking about finding uh, this, and different barrels going to give you a bit of different feel, $75 a bottle. And let me tell you, this is sensationally good. Now we're moving to the 132. The 132.5 proof right here. Talk to me about nose. Where are you with this? Very similar. I mean, I mean, it's it's it smells almost exactly the same. There's a little more sugar cookie, I think. You think? In this. Because the banana hits me so hard. Oh yeah. It does. To me, it does. There's a little sugar here, but that sweetness is what reigns supreme. In the nose. That you ready banana, to go?
1: That banana hits you.
0: You ready to go? He's taking his sip right there. This is 132.5 proof. The Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof, which we got here at Blend Bar Cigar.
1: It's 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 fabulous. It just is. And, again, we talk about when we uh, smoke a cigar and when you first take your first draw and people talk about, you know, the the pepper and the spice that hits you and, and, and you get used to it. To me... When you take that second sip, I think you're used to it from the, the, the first Jack that we had. It didn't hit me as hard on
0: the tongue as the first one. Not at all. This is, there's actually more of a fruit thing going on here on the tongue. I'm going to get yelled at for this. and People are going to tell me I'm crazy. Fruit punch. Minute what? made fruit punch was the feeling I got on the tongue. Oh, this is, does not play high at all. This is dessert. This is sensational. Don't get me wrong, there's heat in the throat, especially from doing both of them. There is serious heat in the throat. But the Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof. I mean, if you're in my beloved Indianapolis, check it out, Blend Bar Cigar, but buy it where you can. This is this is worth the 75 bucks. This is E-Drink smoke. We put the Jack Daniels single barrel, 132 and a half proof. It's crazy. Put it to the side for a moment. Eat, drink, smoke. Great to be with you, Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, And Fingers has pulled out the McRib. The McRib is back. Can we get a little hand? Can we get a little, uh, a little applause? A little something right there. It is back and we have it here. And oh, look at it. Now the McRib, if you don't know it, uh, you're a terrible person and probably going to hell. The McRib, yes. they tell me, is a pork patty. <laughs> Fingers Malloy, is
1: it? Uh, that was actually my nickname in college.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll go with pork patty. All right, so I, I'm, I'm, putting, I'm transferring it out of the little um, cardboard coffin it comes in to a, to a plate. Uh, the, the McRib is 480 calories. And I want to say for the record, this is a lie. I want to give you the nutritional information on the McRib. It only comes out once every couple of years because that's how long it takes to, I don't know, grow the meat. You got a napkin right there, man. Ah, oh, thank napkin you. Right there. It's 480 calories. It's 22 grams of fat. It is 80 milligrams of cholesterol, 890 milligrams of sodium, 45 carbohydrates, 2 grams of fiber. So, you know, it's healthy, (laughs) like Nutella. (laughs) I love that. Nutella. Your kid (laughs) should have it for breakfast. It's part of a healthy meal. It is 12 grams of sugar, 24 grams of protein. I adore the McRib. I am so glad it's back. This is a guilty pleasure. Now, my real guilty pleasure food is a burger from Hardee's, right? Which is Carl's Jr. on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I love it. This, this is, I remember from being 10 or 11 or 12, right? And to see it back on my plate. But I gotta tell you, on the plate, it looks so sad. <laughs> well, it needs some fries next to it. Did um, you get yourself fries? No, didn't
1: I? I just got the sandwiches because, you know, this is gonna go straight to my thighs, Tony. <laughs> I don't wanna add any more empty calories. <laughs> Uh, but, man, I'll tell you what, quite a line. Was there? Yeah, it took me 15 minutes. And, you know, the fast food joint, 15 minutes, that's an eternity. Right. Especially in COVID times. That's like a
0: decade. That's three meals. Yeah, right? That's three meals you could have right there. So now you're going to eat it, bun and all. Oh, yeah. I'm taking it off the bun because uh. I'm terrible. Look, you can, uh, uh, you can, you can email me, uh, Tony at com, Tell me how awful I am. Go to the Eat, Drink, Smoke Facebook page and say, <laughs> you, Tony, are awful, but this is the way it has to be. If I eat the bun, I'm going to die. The pain is going to be enormous. So, first, let me let me let me show you what we've got right here. And uh, fingers malign, Are you shooting video while we do this? Oh, you know why not? I was just taking photos, <laughs> but let's let's take a video of Tony. So, so first, I love the fact that the patty has the lines that make it look like it's actual ribs. <laughs> If you take the bun off, and this has got a fair amount of sauce on it, it's got the little lines on it, and then there has been some, I, I, some back and forth about whether or not you're supposed to get it with the pickles and the onions. How can you not eat it with the pickles and the onions? You're a communist if you don't. Now you don't like onions. You have said to me before, fingers. Oh no, line. that's
1: not true. I don't like the little diced onions that they put right? on their, their cheeseburgers, but the big onions like this, like they put on the You're quarter okay pounder with, with
0: cheese. Oh, they're fantastic! So, it, so it's it's got the onions, and I have an I literally have a steak knife, <laughs> <laughs> I have a steak knife and a fork. <laughs> it's wow. like fine china, and there's a couple pickles on there. Right there's like three pickles on there. I've deconstructed the the McGrib. and a, there's three pieces. Oh no, there's some onion in the sauce. Okay, all right, this is good. So uh, I'm I'm gonna try this. Right here, now cut. This is exciting. I am going to cut right here. I'm going to check this out. Here we go, the McRib, ladies and gentlemen. Oh boy, eating with a knife and fork. (laughs) Look what America has done to me.
1: Now, did you have a sorbet ahead of time? Did you cleanse the palate? Oh
0: well, of course I did. Of course I did. And I have one of those mints. What are those chocolate mints that they usually put on the pillow? I got one of those for afterwards as well. You ready? Oh, here we go. Here, Here it is. This is exciting. It's only a little cold. <laughs> it's perfect. It's perfect. The sauce doesn't... I can do it with a little less sauce. Oh my gosh. It has the consistency, <laughs> the Play-Doh that's half been left out in the sun. Oh, come on. That is such a perfect guilty pleasure. If you're not eating the McRib, I don't know what you're doing with yourself. That's glorious. That is glorious. All right, stop recording and eat it yes. yourself. Oh no, I get gonna to do it the right it, way. I get to have it with the bun.
1: Right. And I'm very excited about and it, to me this, this looks like a better quality bun than they used to put. I will rib
0: on it's got it's got some seeds on, not sesame seeds. It's like a maybe like a cornmeal, yeah, kind of thing on, on the top. I'm still eating. I'm grabbing some pickle and some onion in here. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm You're gonna. You're gonna do it.
1: I'm gonna do the the with the bun, the Memphis Munch.
0: That's not with how it works. With the McRib, that's not how it works. Here we go. There it is. He's taking his bite. It's wrong, it's wrong, but it's good. Here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Was that your Joe Biden oh, yeah, impression? Yeah, yes,
1: <laughs> Joe Biden biting that's into a McRib. Good. Here's the deal. The sauce is fantastic. The medley of the pickle and the onion with the sauce. I dig it. I don't know what that meat is. I I, I don't know what this meat is. Okay. If if, if you were told. (laughs) If you were told, Tony, that is beef. Beef. Would you, would you be like, uh, it could be? Or if they said, that's some sort of pressed uh, plant-based product. Be, eh, it could be because the
0: sauce masks I'm I'm too busy eating. Everything. I have no idea what you're even saying. Um, yes, I, if you told me it was beef, I would believe you. If you told me it was pork, I would believe you. If you told me it was a hybrid, I would, I would believe you. If you told me at this point it was Impossible Burger, I'd believe you. It just works. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed. It goes back
1: to what we were talking about with the Impossible Burger when it comes to Burger King and their Whopper. The toppings on a Whopper, it's so sloppy but magical at the same time. The, the, The perfect amount of mayonnaise and mustard and ketchup with the pickle and the onion. There's so much of that topping the patty. I really don't notice a difference between beef and the impossible Whopper because of
0: the toppings, and I feel the same way about this. I just ate, I just finished it. Like, that's how quickly I ate the McGrath. But I'm not eating the bread. Ugh. I'm not eating the bread. I'm putting it over here. I think it's fun. And I like the idea that America gets into it. It's like the idea of the, the, the spicy chicken sandwich thing. I thought it was fun. I'm not into kitsch, but I like the idea that they bring it back every now and again. I like the idea that people get excited about it and we make it this kind of weird cultural event and i guess more and more because of what coronavirus has done to the country anything that brings a little bit of fun i am totally into well let me ask i love you, I,
1: let me ask you this because i think you hit on something there you know mcdonald's not too long ago for a while went to all day breakfast and oh. everybody was was very happy about that uh I like the fact that this isn't something you can get all the time year round. I like the fact that it comes and it goes. I would give up McRibs forever
0: if it meant I could have an Egg McMuffin all day. Yeah. That is just a, that is, that's where I'm at. That's my sim. that, <laughs> the, the Egg McMuffin is the thing I can eat anytime. Full Thanksgiving meal and afterwards, would you like an Egg McMuffin? Yes, please. Oh, fantastic. But the McRib is good. I got I got to tell you. Would you buy the sauce on its own if they sold Never. it separately? It's not that good, right? No, no, no. no. I'm actually amazed it's only 480 calories. That's better than I thought it would be. Much better than I thought it would be. But it, it is how I remember it. It's good, man. Get yourself a McRib. It is Eat, Drink, Smoke approved. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Find the podcast if you're not listening to it already at Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google Play, all the spots. It is a review. Yes, we did review the McRib. Oh, the McRib. But it's a review of the Jack Daniels single barrel, barrel proof, the 130.6 and the 130.7 and the 132.5. Uh, we did two of them and that banana. That bit of spice that lingered in in the mid-throat, that that, uh, sugar cookie uh, chocolate that I got, especially from the 130, glorious, glorious. I don't think I can properly
1: convey how much I like this Jack Daniels. Not as crazy about the pairing with the McRib. Mm. I, I, I like the McRib a lot. I don't know if it pairs well with the jack daniels but but still this well is-
0: you did grow up in a very fine household <laughs> That's true us peasant folk are totally okay with jack and a mcrib
1: right, i would have gone with a pop tart
0: <laughs> and jack daniels we went with the mcrib admittedly this jack is is very very dessert-esque that much is for sure it's time fingers Malloy, for news of the week uh tony what the coronavirus what's that Honestly, will that, will that bit ever, like, stop? Because I'm prepared for it to stop. Okay. We can, On behalf we can. of all of America, we've had <laughs> we can, enough. We've had enough? If this could just end, that would be great. Well, we have talked about how businesses
1: are struggling and how some businesses are pushing back against lockdowns. Let's go to Great Britain, Tony, and uh, let's talk about a story from our friends at the New York Post. A tequila bar owner is trying to get around the U.K.'s strict coronavirus restrictions. In a, a unique way, a unique way. Yes, he's going to re- register his bar as a church.
0: <laughs> I've registered my bedroom as a place of worship. Oh, look at you! Zip. No, no, is that is that? What's? I think that's brilliant. You got to find a way, right? So, how many times has he been in his pub and said, "Oh, please, God, let me open"? Right. So he might as well just make it official.
1: Exactly. Well. What he has to do right now is he has to get enough people to sign up to say that they are part of his congregation.
0: (laughs) That's so great. Look, I like the fight. It's like the fight in Staten Island. Now, the fight in Staten Island is something else because there's this pub owner. He recently got arrested and out of jail, and people are supporting him. They decided that his area of Staten Island, it's one of the five boroughs of New York, Right, so Staten Island is in between New Jersey and Brooklyn, right? You, 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 you get off the New Jersey Turnpike, you get onto the Gothels, and you get on in Staten Island, boom, bop, bip, Verenzano Narrows, you're into Brooklyn, you see Grandma. That's how I, grew, literally how I grew up doing just that. And where they are is a hot spot. Hot spot for okay. coronavirus. Mm-hmm. But like a couple of blocks away, not a hot spot. So this guy has to cl- close his bar down, but somebody else doesn't. And he's like, forget it. I'm not doing it. I'm not shutting it down. And they're like, we're pulling your liquor license. And he goes, pull my liquor license. (laughs) What do you want from me? I'm not closing. And then he decides, you know what? We're not a church. We're an autonomous zone. Oh, nice. Like the Chaz (laughs) Chop in Seattle, minus all the violence, they're an autonomous zone. The guy got arrested. And then when he gets, gets out of jail, hundreds of people are there. To cheer him on, and the best is the picture of the dude. I, I got to see if I can show it to you. And he's got—he's in the—he's outside the bar with a copy of the Declaration of Independence <laughs> in his hand. People are really angry at the lockdowns. They're angry at the quarantines, and what they're most angry about is the artificialness of it. The mayor of Austin, Texas, Steve Adler. He delivers a message that says, this is the time to be safe. This isn't the time to go visit family. This isn't the time to leave the house. And he made that video for the people of Austin while he was on vacation in Mexico. What is he, Mayor Quimby? (laughs) That's the kind of thing you'd see on The Simpsons. You had Gavin Newsom saying everybody should, of California, everyone should, should lock down. And he's going out to eat at French Laundry, which is maybe the most exclusive restaurant In all of America. And the next night, the mayor of San Francisco was having dinner at French Laundry. But the San Francisco 49ers, they're now playing their games in Arizona because they're not allowed to play at Levi Stadium. But if they played inside French laundry, (laughs) everything would be okay. And people are just so sick and tired of the hypocrisy. They're saying, screw it, we're not, we're not listening, Dr. Fauci. Everybody should be open and people, grownups, can decide what to do.
1: Well, because a lot of it, too, just seems like you've got elected officials and policymakers just throwing stuff on a wall to see what will stick. We've talked about this plenty of times on the show here in Indiana where we're at a cigar bar. There were certain times during the the pandemic and the shutdowns where they would force cigar lounges to close. And this is, as we've talked about previously, a place that's naturally Distant. distant, socially distant. So you're closing a cigar bar, but then around the corner, there could be a chicken wing place. And because they serve food, they're allowed to stay open. Business owners are—it's got to be absolutely maddening to them that they have to
0: keep jumping through these hoops. The problem is that we're—what part of this is about science and and, and health? And how do you convince people they should stay home when you're not doing it? The mayor of of San Jose— he had told people to stay home for the holidays, but then he gathered with seven people from five different households. That's how it was described. You mean he got together with friends and family for Thanksgiving. That's what he did. And if we are now, as you're discussing it, right, in this idea of, of arbitrary, well, how is any of this about health and science? And then people really start getting freaked out, wondering, wait, what is this all about? Is so I even, even go through this and, and through these machinations. Let's make the argument, as some people like to do, this is about control. What are they controlling? For what purpose? To what end? I can't do a mathematics. I argue it's about fear. They want to... to uh, the politicos want to look like they're on the right side of things. I think there's an extent to which they don't actually want to get sued. Like they think there's some kind of legal issue that that's at play I don't know who they're performing for but if it's about this other part right it's about control what what is that because I I mean I've, I've got theories I, I can I can I can wax semantic on the subject but even Republican governors democratic governors everybody's playing this game and in, in different ways and you're like I don't know what they're after
1: yeah no i I agree that I think it's about uh, fear more than anything else. They don't want to look weak. They don't want to have these numbers spike and have uh, the media point a finger at them and saying, well, this is because of you. You think that's it? I do, but I'm also completely stunned at the lack of self-awareness by some of these people. I mean, you had the the, mayor, uh, the, the governor of New York, uh, governor Andrew Cuomo, Cuomo. Uh, right before Thanksgiving say, oh, yeah, you know, everybody should stay home, but I'm going to fly my family up you know, oh, that would my
0: 89-year-old mother, that's
1: right. And, and it didn't even bat an eye while he was saying it. And immediately, people were outraged, saying, wait, I, I'm not supposed to get together with my family, but you, you know, because you're an elite, you can do that? I, I, I'm just stunned and completely outraged by the complete lack of self-awareness
0: from some of these people. And everybody else is like, oh, yeah, they're, so, they're not self-aware. This is how they are. And that I got to tell you I'm th- I want to see how that plays out cuz I don't know if that plays out in some kind of amazing way or some kind of frightening way when when people start saying to themselves, "Oh my gosh, there are actually two classes of people in America? These elected officials and 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 some of these these other officials, they actually think that they actually think that they're better and they can say, "Do this while we do something else." I mean, I don't. Americans I know aren't down for that, right? They're not interested in that, and I'm curious as to what their reaction is going to be. In Staten Island, it's showing up with a copy of the Declaration of Independence and not wearing a mask and saying "screw it."
1: Yeah, I think that's what it does when people see leaders tell you to stay home, uh, yet they go out and do what they want to do. It leads to bars like the one in Great Britain that's saying, "You know what? Uh, We're going to stay open. We're just going to call ourselves a a church."
0: I, I love, I love. That idea I love You know what I am now declaring myself An autonomous zone <laughs> Every part of me Is an autonomous zone The difference is I will shower Good
1: That's the difference you. Between
0: me And the people <laughs> In the autonomous zone This story is not going away More and more places Are going to start pushing back I, I just I think that horse Has left the barn For sure This is Eat Drink Smoke I do not have a mullet but I have been accused of having a mullet in the day. Eat, drink, smoke. Good to be with you. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy. He's America's favorite amateur drinker. So you did not know me, Fingers Malloy, in the day where I had hair all the way down below my waist. No, you did. Right? That didn't happen. Oh, the wedding pictures prove it. Below my the waist? Oh, yeah. Long hair, ponytail. Uh, I can I can show you the photos. What, and pro- then, what kind of product did you use on that? I know I, I brushed my hair and uh, like like Rapunzel, <laughs> and then uh, put it in, into a ponytail. And then I donated it to Locks of Love. Oh, look at right? you! Right. Well, I'm a, I'm a great American. What you do you? It's true. They make. I don't even know if they're still around, but they used to take the hair and make wigs for kids who are like going through cancer yeah. treatments and things like that. Very very cool stuff. Uh, but then I had this longer hair and I really let it flow. And so, you know, I would style it, but it would still flow in the back. And some people were like, you have a mullet. I'm like, it's not a mullet. And my wife likes to run her fingers through it, so go to hell. <laughs> um, I'm very fine with, with what's going, going on here. And you, while you don't have it now, people don't know, Fingers Malloy was the first person I ever met and befriended who had a mohawk.
1: Yes. And I still have a mohawk from time to time. Uh, and again, I, I was, there's, there's a theme here, and it's... Americans, because it's been a, a long time since we we were around uh, during the '80s, there, and a lot of people who were listening to the show uh, weren't actually alive in the '80s. People don't know what a mullet is. They think, oh, long hair in the back, it's a mullet, right? And no, no, yeah. I've seen pictures of you, uh, and I've heard people say, you know, back then that you had a mullet, and all you had long hair. Yeah. It's not a mullet? What's wrong with people?
0: Uh, I, well, what's wrong with people is that people are very quick to try and figure out, "Hey, how can I say something funny?" And people aren't funny. <laughs> that's the that's the horror of life when you realize that people are trying to be funny and that they don't know how to do it and it's just sad. Yeah. And and they still think they're funny and the only person who feels bad for them is you, but you know you're right because they're just terrible. Right? That's that's how I've lived most of my life just looking at at others who try to be funny and be like, "Oh, Oh, you pretty little kitty. (laughs) Yes, you are. This is the story of Jackson Hot Rod Crossland. I'm sorry? Jackson, J-A-X-S-O-N. Jackson Hot Rod Crossland. He's eight years old, and he has the best mullet in America. And this, my children, is a mullet. We're talking about, remember, how they think of a mullet, you know, business in the front, party in the back. It's how (laughs) how the kids say it. But, like, if your hair is, like, wavy all over, like like mine was, that's not a mullet. His is short, almost to the point of crew cut, in the front and to the sides. And then from the back of the head down, it is just this flowingness of hair that, that is, could be seen in a Kid Rock music video mullet. (laughs) Yes. No,
1: you know... Back in uh, the '80s, early '90s, when I saw mullets, it would it would usually be the spiked hair, but short. Oh, like Joe Dirt, yeah, like David Spade y- exactly. and Joe Dirt. This, if you put any kind of product in his hair, uh, the way he's got to comb forward, it almost looks like the Ross Geller Caesar <laughs> haircut. Uh, but uh, listen, this right here, he should be the poster child of the 2020 mullet. Yeah, this
0: this this is it. I'm very okay if the mullet doesn't make its way back. <laughs> I. I I got to tell you, but, but I've seen enough hairstyles as of late. There is this thing people are doing where they're kind of, it's like the, the shaved side and then it's a swoop over. The and undercut. Um, what is it called? An undercut. Is that is that actually what it's called?
1: Yeah, where it's, it's almost shaved completely bald on the sides and then it's longer on top and then they comb it over and they have some sort of uh, product in it.
0: Right. Okay. Oh, my God. I didn't know it was called the undercut. I actually had to look it up. Whenever I see that haircut, I'm kind of reminded of movies and films from Germany in the 30s. Is that, is, that too, is that too much? Like, did I go over the edge right there? Do I have to reel that one back in? Like, that's what it looks like to me. I'm like, that's not that. Ladies, really? Really? When you see a guy with that haircut, you're like, "Yeah." Yeah, my
1: last three haircuts were undercuts, by the way. So no, they
0: weren't. Yeah, well, this
1: one was actually a little bit of a fade, but the last uh, two or three were undercuts. Yeah, a
0: fade. Yeah,
1: that's the, yeah. You know, the color me bad bald fade. Listen,
0: kid, or play. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, that's that's
1: it. how is well, it's grown out now. You know, th- three weeks ago, they took a, a, a
0: razor on the side and shaved it up to a certain point, and then I—I I would never have equated your haircut to some of the things that I see. I just, you know, what? I find the look to be non-masculine. Okay, I really do. I'm like, I'm like, I feel sad. Well, I—I is, I, I is didn't. Wrong? I didn't get the haircut for you. <laughs>
1: So it's okay if you don't think it's masculine. That's all right. But we—I had a conversation with someone the other day about how so much of the '80s has made a comeback, fashion and hair trend-wise. Are
0: Zumbas back? And, and no one told well, me. That's what I was wait, about. Wait, what, was Zubaz. Zubaz. Zumbas. That's, uh, that's the that's the workout. That's thing. the workout. You can work out. You
1: can do Zumba in do Zubaz. Zubaz, Right. Uh, but. This is one. I, look, I don't. I, I don't want to revisit any of 1980s fashion. Okay. Uh, you know the parachute pants. Uh, when you, uh, I don't know if what it was like where you were growing up, but in the 80s where I was growing up, you had the jeans and you do the French roll, the cuff at the bottom,
0: sure. or you stuffed them into the socks. Yeah,
1: I stuffed them in the right? socks. That was a big. And then you thing. listen to Wham, <laughs> and you're like, wow, that Andrew Ridgeley really is underrated. <laughs> Now I'm gonna have careless whisper in my head for the rest of the night. But is there anything from the before '80s? You go, go. Is there anything from the '80s that you? Th- oh man, I would love to see that come back.
0: Um, n- not that I can think about the top of my head. Not even for a joke. What's coming back? Uh, well, is there some, I mean, I haven't noticed the '80s fashion is coming. I've back. I've seen uh, was it like the st- remember the stirrup pants that the women what? The,
1: the stirrup pants that the women would wear where it, would, it, it on the by the ankle there it would look like baseball socks. No. Yeah, but I don't those, recall that at all. Oh, you don't recall that? That's coming back. Uh, uh, the the the, uh, the 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 mullet apparently <laughs> is I, coming back. Skinny ties? No, they're not. I saw uh, Jimmy Fallon the other night had a skinny tie on.
0: Does he have a bolo tie next? <laughs> is that? I I once twice wore a bolo tie. Yeah, I'm still embarrassed. Halloween? Uh, no, no, I did it on purpose. <laughs> I thought I was fashionable. (laughs) I was wrong. Uh, We talk coronavirus and we talk about the effects that it has on restaurants. It has an effect on real estate. Huge effect. Uh, New York City, uh, the the prices on apartments, condos going down. They can't find people. So now they're grabbing social media influencers like on Instagram to help them sell houses. And I said to myself, you know, we're going to set up on Cameo. And we, you, you can uh, pay us here at Eat, Drink, Smoke, and we'll do a cigar review for you. And so we are setting that up for 2021. But we could be influencers, and we could help people sell houses. You know, which which room in the house is best to have a cigar in? What bourbon pairs with your apartment? We could do this. Totally. And only ask for 2% commission. Oh. <laughs> you are a, a gentleman. Yes. You're a giver.
1: Uh, listen, I don't know about you, We've talked previously how uh, we are becoming more and more intolerant of the current environment on social media and how, you know, kind of taking a step back from some of social media. Instagram, I'm finding myself on more and more and more because it's fun. People are posting fun videos. Right. And I'm seeing a lot of this, not with real estate, but with other product placements with social media influencers. I think this is a great idea. And in case
0: you don't know, an influencer is somebody who has a bit of celebrity or a following and then shares your product and gets paid uh, for it. And celebrities doing it, make outrageous money uh, doing it. I always wondered the, the level of effect that they have, but you see people who do this in like the makeup world and they have real effect. They really can make a, a difference in what people buy, especially as they teach you like how to apply some of the beauty products and things like that. I don't know if it works for where you live. How does the influencer get the $6.2 million condo sold? You still need to find the $6.2 million buyer. Right. You know, so I, I think that's a, a little bit different.
1: And if your appeal is to someone who's in their early 20s, are they going to have the money to lay that down on that Right, condo? Un- Unless
0: the last name is Hilton, you know <laughs> what I mean, you know, or, or Kardashian. The answer is, the answer is no. Um, so I'm curious to see how this plays out for them. The Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof, guys. Holy cow. The 130.7 or the 132.5. Just sensational, sensational whiskey that you have to you, you have to try it for yourself. And, oh, yeah, get yourself a McRib. Yes. Do it for America, won't you? And then eat it on Instagram, and you too could be a social media influencer. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's the start of the holiday season. All right, it's the week after Thanksgiving. I assume that's the start of the holiday season. And so picked a cigar that celebrates the new year coming. Picked a honker, man. I think I, may, I think I may have met a possible match right here. We're going to see how this flies. It is the Davidoff Year of the Ox, and this is Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and we have just started on the Year of the Ox From uh, Davidoff, this is a Dominican rapper with an Ecuadorian Sumatra binder and a filler that's a little bit Nicaraguan and a little bit Dominican. Full disclosure, I love Sumatra rappers. I adore them, but something happened in here. I've read reviews about the Ox, and I have not had anybody review it as, like, Big Spice. I have not gotten that. I'm getting that, and I don't know what's happening to me. Let's talk about this uh, cigar, Fingers Malloy. This is a 6 by 60 which means it's 6 inches long. Teehee! Always makes him laugh. And 60 is the ring gauge. So that's how thick it is around. Teehee! Wow! (laughs) That was a change. So a 64 ring gauge is a full inch around. So 60 is where I get out of the comfort zone because mouthfeel is important to a cigar. How comfortable is it in the hand? How comfortable is it in the mouth? You really do have to grip around here in order to to get this this whole thing. 60 is a big, big cigar, not where I'm comfortable at all.
1: This is beefy. Right? Uh, Let me tell you something. When I hold this in my hand... I feel like I'm about ready to order a hit on someone. <laughs> Don't you? If we're sitting at this huge table here at Blend Bar Cigar. I feel like we're, we're at in a board meeting, and I'm directing traffic telling hey, yeah, you do this, you do that over here, you get that guy. That you tell you sales that.
0: in Vermont, I want to be up by 7%. <laughs> like one of those. Yes, That was, exactly. that was my pretty good, I could have done Mad Men. I really <laughs> could have. Now, this is a cigar I often talk about, does it have the heft? Does it feel right in the hand? Size-wise, it's too big for me. It doesn't mean it'll be too big for you. Weight-wise, it's right there. This has a good feel. Now, when it's a Davidoff, the one thing you don't have to worry about is construction. This construction on a Davidoff is always going to be solid. What's unique about this is, for a cigar of this exclusivity, which the Year of the Ox is definitely a more exclusive kind of uh, of look right so we're talking about uh, Chinese New Year's here 1901 13 25 37 49 61 73 85 97 2009 2021 this is the year of the ox but it doesn't have a luxurious wrapper it's 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 a it's a lighter kind of milk chocolate and to the touch it is smooth but it doesn't have the oily, something that I look for in a wrapper. I actually look for a bit of gritty in the wrapper. Wrapper Wrapper's where a lot of your flavor comes from. It's one of the reasons I like Lanceros, and I like some of the the thinner uh, styles of cigar because you get a little more of that flavor in there. This is about personal preference. It's not about whether it's a good cigar. Well, it's, That's so
1: important. Well, because the ring gauge is 60 on this, does that mean that the, the wrapper may have less
0: of an influence on the flavor of the cigar? In my view, yes, because you have less wrapper in ratio to the binder and filler inside. Mm-hmm. A Lancero, when you're talking about, what's a Lancero's 38 ring gauge, right? You get more wrapper in relationship to the rest of, to the to the rest of the cigar and that's why you get more flavor out of it but again don't ever take our word as the gospel we're giving you opinions here and fingers and i differ on these things you will as well but when you when you get to this and you start smoking it it's so funny the guys at the authority.com, which i think they do some some lovely work they describe this as having a, a sweetness and a bit of honey and vanilla cream. It could be because we had a very large Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof that we started with. I'm telling you, I get none of that sweetness whatsoever. I'm picking up nothing but spice. Well,
1: you know, you talk so often about you have to write down what you ate that day. Oh, God, yes. We had a McRib. <laughs> and the McRib, the sauce is sweet. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying this, but I'm not getting any sweet notes from this. I'm getting the spice, and I'm getting that, I don't know if you want to call it wheat or hay,
0: straw, cedar, cedar. wood. That I absolutely do get from it. Now, don't be confused. The Year of the Ox has a lot to offer. And it's not that the flavors it's giving me are problematic. It's that they're not what I was expecting. They don't match where I thought it was going to be. And when you talk about writing down what you ate, you have no idea how important it is to get yourself a notebook and write things down. What did you eat that day? What was the temperature that day? What did you have to drink? It so affects your palate. Josh from Blend Bar Cigar is shaking his head in in, in agreement It affects everything, and the same cigar you're smoking today can be completely different for you next week, and it's why you have to write these things down, and... Do comparisons. What was it like then and what was it like now and why is that the case? And you will learn that under certain conditions, there are certain cigars you shouldn't do. And
1: I think. Certain cigars you shouldn't have. And I think that's uh, especially important for someone who's just starting to smoke cigars. I I was a cigar cigar smoker in the 90s. I stopped. I uh, rekindled my love of cigars in the last few years and as we started doing this show. And one of the things that I wish I would have done much sooner is write things down so you can get an idea of okay especially if you've been you start just started smoking and it's been a couple of years and you haven't revisited a cigar you had a couple years ago to have it written down to remind you of what you enjoyed two three years ago and revisit those cigars again it's it's a very enjoyable experience
0: yeah so as we're now smoking this we break it into thirds first third second third and final third and the cigar will change It's not a sweetness that I get, but that cedar is really coming through in a very, very uh, nice, fun way. Um, And uh, I'm going to straight out steal from the Cigar Authority on this, and we do give credit where credit is due, CigarAuthority.com, because I thought it was just a brilliant way to explain it. Uh, It offers up, the foot offers up a musky barnyard aroma. Okay. Now, we're not talking about straight manure here. (laughs) But we're talking about those kinds of feels. That is exactly the way I feel with it right now, but not the cream. There's a little more intensity uh, to it. But is it, is it bad? No. It's, it's, it's enjoyable, but it just hit as so very different. Now, this is not a cigar for the everyday, and I, don't, I would argue not the cigar for the everyday smoker. This comes in a, in a box of 10 for $400. Okay. This is a $40 a stick smoke. Most people don't take a look at a six-inch cigar, right? They look at the whole value proposition and think that that length is value and and say, I'm not so sure about this. I wouldn't recommend this to the first timer. I would recommend this if you're on your cigar journey and you're like, okay, let's try something that's built to give you a test of what it is your palate can do and what it is your palate can find. That's what I like about it, and that's why I would suggest it. I suggest you give it a go.
1: And I think that this is a cigar that you could enjoy year-round, but this, to me, is a fall cigar.
0: Oh, absolutely it is. This is not a summer smoke. I wouldn't do it. This is absolutely a fall cigar. It fits so well. Even that idea of, 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 of barn, right? The openness, the country, those kinds of things all fit. I'm curious to see where we get to in the second, third. This cigar is going to require an update of where we are as we smoke through it. Because I think we're going to experience some big changes in the Davidoff Year of the Ox. You smoke cigars? This is worth trying. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. So one of the questions we get asked more than anything is about the accessories that go with a cigar. Eat, Drink, Smoke, Tony Katz fingers, Malloy. On Twitter, go eat, drink, smoke. Facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke. The accessories are the cutter, the lighter. What do you look for? What's good? What's worth the money? We have both had experiences where we've bought a $9 lighter that has lasted us for four years, and I've bought the $75 lighter that didn't last four hours. I've had those experiences. But what makes something good? That's really a question of personal preference. But there is something to be said for you got to buy the thing that works for you. Um, CigarCigarInfo.com had, I think, a pretty good list of cutters. And as we get into the holiday season, it's an excellent gift for a cigar smoker. Now, is it something that's a family heirloom? And the answer is that's totally up to you. There are lighters you can get in the thousands of dollars. And there are cutters that you can spend hundreds of dollars on. And people plan on passing that down. I'm not one of those people. And I'm not one of those people because, I don't know, if my kids are going to end up being cigar smokers. And B, I might lose the thing. So I want to be in that place where it works, but I don't feel like my life is over if I lose it. But there are things that I stay away from. So we're talking about cutters right here. So that's how you cut, uh, you know, the, the, the cap end of the cigar. And really, there are three ways to do it. The straight cut, which is the traditional, right? Uh, and it's often seen as a guillotine, right? And you've got the two sides of, of, of the cutter, and you squeeze them together, and boom. And sometimes you see it as a circle. Sometimes it's like a teardrop shape. That's one way to do it. Then there's the V-cut. That is cutting into the cigar, intensifying the draw, but also very useful when you've got a pyramid or a belcoso, something that comes to a tapered tip, right? And that way you can cut more into it to get a better draw from it, because by nature, it's gonna be a little bit tighter because it's coming in, and you don't wanna straight cut that, guillotine cut that too far down, you're losing cigar that you just paid for. It doesn't make any sense. And then there's a punch. So a punch, and very often you'll find lighters that actually have the punch at, at, at the bottom, it's basically a small circle. And you punch it in, and it cuts that out, and it really intensifies the draw. Some people will tell you that a punch or a V isn't how the cigar is supposed to be smoked. That's not what the, 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 the roller, the blender, kind of was looking for. They wanted you to open it up and get everything that cigar has to offer. In the end, Fingers Malloy. Personal preference. Well, I was going to ask
1: you about the punch specifically because, you know, we, we do the show here at Blend Bar Cigar, and most of the time when you're seeing people get their cigars cut, it's a straight cut, and every once in a while you, you'll see the V cut, but I don't see very many people get the, the, a punch cut. Is that because most of the cigars that we see here, the, they're bigger ring gauge, and maybe, would a Lancero uh, be good for, for, with a punch cut?
0: The answer is I think so. Uh, And again, personal preference. I think that if you found uh, some true aficionados that can give you reasons as to why or or why not, it's like uh, if you've ever researched um, when carrying a firearm, when carrying a gun, should you carry your firearm, your pistol, in the small of the back? Well, you can read for forever on how people think that is the worst idea in the world. And then when you're carrying it, if you do, how do you reach for it? Do you reach for it palm in, meaning your hand goes behind your back and your palm is facing your back? Or are you reaching for it palm out, where the palm is, is facing, you know, behind you? Well, it's very unnatural to do palm out. But when you do that, it's, it's it considered, or, or, or yeah, I believe it is. Right? And maybe it's more natural to do it that way, but it's considered as it's unsafe because when you bring the firearm out, you're pointing it at your body. Yeah. Right? And that's like, okay, that's crazy. And how you have to have it handled. And, and, and gun people really get into this. I think it's the same way. In the end, there's a standard, but there's also a level of personal preference. I start on cigar cutters with something that's not a personal preference if you're going to buy. And that's anything that's tabletop. Tabletop cigar cutters, you often see it as a quad cut, right? You can get the straight cut or the V cut, or it's got another different V and another straight cut for different sizes. That's great if you have a cigar lounge. It's completely impractical for your home. To have to bring and lug this whole thing out just to cut it doesn't make any sense. Put, put the cutter and the lighter on the table, and you're good to go.
1: See, now I'm the exact opposite when it comes to that. You're I was terrible. at a cigar lounge recently in Texas that had a beautiful old tabletop cutter. And I thought to myself, I would love that where, where I smoke my cigars, I've got my humidor and all of my, my, my really cool ashtray that I take out on the back deck, um, in my sunroom. So if there was a tabletop cutter right there where I, right next to the ashtray that, tray that I'm grabbing to go outside, I could cut it there and it, it would look really great on my desk I I think I'm going to get a tabletop. But
0: you're buying it as an art piece. Yes. And it's very different. Uh, That's about what it is you need for it, right? It does make a statement. I I agree. It's like having one of those very big tabletop lighters. I've got a smaller version that I actually enjoy quite a bit, and it's a quad, meaning it has four torches. Um, But I'm not looking for something giant tabletop. I want it to have... The movement, and you have one for home, and I, you have one that you uh, take out with you. So that's why I say, don't get the quad. this big four thing for the table. Uh, I like the teardrop-shaped cutters. A Zicar makes a couple of good ones, and I think this list does a good job. Uh, the, the three and, and, and the one. And what I like about them is that when you, 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 you unlock it, basically, to open it up, right? And then the two halves kind of come out, and then you've got the opening for the cigar. When you then make the cut, it stays locked, and it isn't gonna come open in your pocket. And you don't have to remember, oh, did I close it or not? No, it's done, it's set, and because it locks, it's much safer to carry around, because if you haven't ever cut yourself on, on a cutter, you're a better person than I am. <laughs> I've, I've done that, right? A lot of people, they'll use the old-fashioned plastic and the guillotine, I don't know if you can hear it. That's, <laughs> I happen to have one, Yeah, right? They work. What they aren't is pretty and what they aren't uh, is reliable in sharpness. Right. That's what you're looking for. You want something that's going to remain sharp because if you have to like, fight for the cut and if you don't get it through all the way, then you have to cut a little deeper into the cigar and then you hate yourself. Yeah. So this is where spending the money makes perfect sense. Because that's what you're buying, you're buying the sharp. There's nothing worse
1: than cutting a cigar with a dull cutter. And that's what I've experienced when I've had some of these cheaper cutters. Like I I brought one with me tonight and I've used this a lot and it's not nearly as sharp as it used to be. And I went to cut this cigar tonight and tobacco started shooting everywhere. When I tried to cut it, it wasn't a clean, crisp cut. And when you're smoking a cigar like this, that's $40 a stick, that's really gonna bum you out if you got a bad cut.
0: And then you'll find cutters, and this again, personal preference, You'll find some of them that you could like pass the cigar all the way through it. And then you'll find some that are capped at the end. And there's a name for it that eludes me right now. So picture that you could, it works as a guillotine, you can open it up, but the cigar only goes in so far. I happen to be a fan of those. If that's the depth that you like to cut your cigar and the type of cigar that that you're smoking, you know more of the Corona Gordos, things like that, uh, the Toro shapes, right? Because it puts it right to a, a perfect spot and you can cut it. Uh, but we'll have this list up uh, on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke. You don't have to spend a ton, but you should spend to be able to get something of quality. You don't don't just look to the plastic ones. If you're going to smoke cigars, invest a little. And I think if you stay in the gift-wise 50 to $100 range, you can make someone very, very happy. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That's America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, a review of the Davidoff Year of the Ox. And it's so interesting that the, 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 the cream on this, the sweetness on this, the honey, not 100% what I'm getting. And it's, and it's not that I'm not enjoying it. I am enjoying it. There's a wonderful fullness to this. That cedar, that wood, uh, it, that, that little bit of, it's like almost like a drier kind of feel that's coming through for me. Not drier like heat. dryers and not dry, but, but lovely. And I'm really now just through the first third. And this is a cigar that I'm going to play with. And I know that I'm going to have to try again. We're reviewing some very big proof Jack Daniels here, the single barrel barrel proof. We did review the McRib that could all be having a play and I could have done damage to myself (laughs) and you to yourself, fingers, with how we're doing it. But the Year of the Ox is not for the beginner cigar smoker. Six inches, 60 ring gauges, it's a Gordo shape, and especially at $40 a stick. It's unique and and, and certainly not for the first time cigar smoker. With all that said, I am enjoying it because it's bringing something very different that I'm not ready for and I'm enjoying that part. I have to chuckle
1: at the notion that this would be a good pairing for beginners. <laughs> I mean, between, I'm still getting spice from the cigar, and then when you pair it with this Jack Daniels single barrel and the spice you get on the palate and the sting and the burn, this is not something uh, to introduce cigars and bourbon to, to oh, a no. beginner. This I is mean- not the
0: amateur show <laughs> at all. I will tell you that with the cigar... On the the residual on the palate, if you will, is wonderfully familiar. Is wonder? It is wonderful. It's comforting, almost a thickness to it. Whether that's a leather, as I would normally constitute a leather flavor, which I love, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I am enjoying that. And this is a cigar that I'm really gonna try and get in on. You know, the retrohale, bringing it through the sinuses. That's what retrohale is. Uh, on, on the exhale, bringing it through the sinuses because you have a lot more nerve endings there. You can pick up a lot more flavors than you can on the palate and see if any of that changes for me. This isn't about whether I like the scar. Oh, I do. It's just so much different. And I'm wondering how much of what we did prior is affecting the Davidoff year of the Ox. But let's get to news of the week, Fingers Malloy.
1: Tony. Yes. I feel like I've been a little bit of a Debbie Downer lately with the news of the, of the day, uh, you know, because these are troubling times. But yet the holiday season is upon us. So let's have some fun. Yes. With some stories about the holidays. And, I, you know, for years there have been these these gifts for the holiday season that are all the rage you couldn't get your hands on because they were in short supply, you know, like the like th- a Cabbage, cabbage Patch style. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm told uh, people
0: are having a hard time getting the PlayStation 5. Ah, the PS5, the, the two versions, this, the straight digital download or the one that still takes the disc. I didn't even try. My kids were like, no, we're good. I'm like, you're good? Like, yeah, we're fine. Okay, good. And that was the end of the yeah, conversation. Yeah. Didn't we run I into somebody
1: away. here that they, they got their hands on one and they're immediately going to flip it?
0: Yeah, they <laughs> bought it for like the like the five hundred bucks, and they're like, I I can I can flip it right now for a cool grand. I'm like, wow, nothing wrong with that. Capitalism. No. <laughs> I I am I am very okay with it. I feel the same way about tickets. And I know Ticketmaster and Live Nation. They're okay. I we clearly have lost them as sponsors. <laughs> Although they'd be great sponsors. It's your ticket, how, how can you not resell it? I've never understood the mathematics there, but they're crazy about it. Anyway, PlayStation 5. A Taiwanese man was lucky, uh, one of the lucky few to actually
1: get his hands on uh, PlayStation 5, but he was uh, the kind of guy that played video games a lot and it would make his wife upset. Uh, so according to Radio.com He got his hands on a Playstation 5 uh, But to kind of try to trick his wife Into thinking that it wasn't a video game console uh, He told her it was an air purifier What? He, he told her that it was an air purifier And not a video game Well she caught on uh, quickly That it wasn't an air purifier and, and she she sold it Tony Merry Christmas
0: No She's, Wait what did she sell it for?
1: I, the story doesn't say, uh, but it was for one of the cheapest prices that he's ever seen a PS5
0: sold for. Uh, I, 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 uh, you know what? <laughs> that's what you get for lying. I, I don't like her, and I don't like him. I don't like either one. No, it's not what you get for lying. It's ridiculous. Okay? He lied, and that's dumb. Right just be like I like games and this is what I'm gonna play. you married him go find yourself a new husband best best I that's the best doctor. Phil I could possibly do <laughs> but if you're gonna sell it, why would you sell it for less? you're not hurting him you're hurting both of you at that moment that doesn't make any sense. I mean you, you wanted that much revenge I'm telling you right now I, I am not a marriage uh, counselor, but I think I could be if you're doing something just to get revenge on your spouse, you're doing marriage all wrong we have, every bit can, i was gonna wrong. do my
1: dr phil oh sorry you got to realize that you can't tell your wife that a oh playstation 5
0: you're screaming
1: what is what is What is? Isn't an air purifier
0: that is the worst dr Thank phil you. i've been working on
1: it for the last 10 seconds
0: I've ever heard. You just got to throw you got to realize in there. <laughs> Is it's that sort of
1: Weird southern drawl.
0: I just, I, I, every, every part of the story makes me sad. If you're not willing to stand up and say, I want this, I have the money, I'm buying it, end of list, you're you're doing it wrong. And if you're then going to sell it to show him, you're doing it wrong. Ugh, please. I, I do not want this couple in my house. <laughs> Next. Well, we're, well, not to be a
1: downer, but, but, <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about how fast food restaurants have been thriving during the, the coronavirus, but some have still had to close stores uh, yeah. uh, during this year. And uh, many uh, of your favorite fast food chains have closed significant number of stores. Starbucks, for instance, Tony, is planning to close 500 locations in the US and 800 locations in the Americas. But is,
0: I, I get that that could be coronavirus, but isn't that a company that like they had one on every corner? And eventually, it, it's got to be an oversaturation. There's got to be a pullback anyway. I used to live in Washington D.C. in Dupont Circle. There was a Starbucks on three of the four corners in one location. Yeah, three of the four corners. No one could cross the street. It was. It, it, I mean, that comes a moment. I remember that that Conan O'Brien once did a routine. That, you know, it was that in the year 2000 routine. Mm-hmm. And in the year 2000, there will be a Starbucks inside an already existing Starbucks. <laughs> I thought that was great. It was, that, was, that was wonderfully bright. Uh, he, by the way, is leaving. He's, yeah. he's leaving in June. He's done with, with TV. He's going to stick with the podcast. There's a guy who got hosed in every sense of, of the word. So I look at Starbucks pullback and I'm like, all right, coronavirus, but other things. But I know Dunkin' Donuts is closing 800 locations by the end of the year. Again, and I would love to ask them, like, we should get them on the show. They have made such the pivot to saying, we're in the coffee business. We're not so much in the donut business. Even going so far as changing the name from Dunkin' Donuts to Dunkin'. Yeah. That this could be part of strategy that if you had these poor performing locations or didn't have the proper drive-through mechanisms, these stores were no longer necessary to a new, to a new view of the business. Yeah, for me, uh, my initial
1: reaction about the Starbucks news was, well, maybe it's Dunkin' Donuts that's taking some of their, or excuse me, Dunkin' is taking some of their business, but they're closing stores too. It's, it's weird because for me, I don't know if you're like this, Tony, but when I go through a drive-through like I, I will for Starbucks for coffee, I I prefer Dunkin' coffee because it's cheaper. Yes. But I I don't want to order a donut through the drive-thru. I want to be able to see the donut. I want to get the case and look through the glass and say, I want that one right there. I want that fritter. I want that jelly donut. To order it
0: through a drive-thru. Can we stop for just just a second? What? You order jelly donuts?
1: Of course. Look at me. Do, do I look like I'm ordering broccoli? Of course. That's part of the basic
0: four food groups for me. Jelly donuts? Yeah, jelly donuts. You have chocolate fillings and cream fillings and all sorts. You're really ordering jelly donuts? Absolutely. Every once in a while, you got to mix it up.
1: You're not a jelly uh, donut guy?
0: Oh, oh, okay.
1: Oh, stop it. You didn't eat the bread on that McRib. Don't <laughs> give me any flack about my jelly donuts.
0: No, but the closings are, are a lot of places. Even McDonald's is closing 200 locations. And I think that it's it's... Coronavirus has just created a rethink. So I don't look at these businesses and say, my gosh, they're in bad shape. McDonald's is actually stock-wise in and, and, and good shape. I think it's just they're seeing the new world, and they're playing right on into it. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Another day, it's another list. The best bourbons of 2020 as ranked by Uproxx. Let's see if they got it right. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. Good to be with you. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. The truth is, this list is kind of interesting, and I have not had everything on this list, but they've got a nice way of going about it. And some of them, like I haven't tried, is the Old Tub. It's one of those that looks like, oh man, I wouldn't drink that. It's $24 a bottle. You should drink it. I've heard very good things uh, about it. A throwback to Jim Beam's early days as, as they uh, describe it. And that's number 10 on the list. But number nine immediately says to me, okay, somebody actually took a little time here, and that's the Baker's straight bourbon whiskey, the number seven. Seven years, 107 proof. I love the Baker seven. Now, it's $60 a bottle, and we've always had this question of, at 60, is it in your liquor cabinet? Now, is it in your liquor cabinet is different than whether or not it's good. Right. Right. It's a question of where do you feel comfortable and would you spend the money? The Baker seven is a solid, solid bourbon and and really worth the time it's it, it's it's not it's not overwhelming which is funny because when i first drank it i don't remember if i thought it overwhelming but i've tried so many more things and really kind of expanded the palate that i look at the 7 and i say that's just that's just good
1: yeah i want to bring up something that you actually talked about with, with the old tub and it's a lot of times unfortunately people just look at the price and will immediately dismiss so wrong. A bottle. I mean, we have been champions of the uh, old granddad 114. Oh, gosh, yes. And that's, a, if I remember correctly, that's a mid-$20 yes. uh, a, a bottle uh, bourbon, and that's fantastic. So, I no, I, I definitely want to try the old tub, and you're right, the Baker's Single Barrel 7 is something that definitely needs to be on your list. And
0: you, you talk about the dollars, and especially now with the holidays, I know you look at all the gift sets, and we're going to do a review of the gift sets uh, coming up uh, for, for uh, the holidays and some good Christmas buying. Maker's Mark is you can get a bottle, I've seen on sale, $25. Mm-hmm. You can get the gift set, $25.
1: I saw it with my own eyes. With two rocks glasses in it. Yes. And and have, th- you
0: still got, have you gotten rocks I have not no. gotten rocks glasses yet. I can't even begin. I just can't find what I want, and I'm so hyper-specific. I will not settle. I need a set of four, and I'm, and I'm really, I've come to the place where money is no object. I know what I want. I'll know it when I see it, and I haven't seen it yet. And one of the things I don't want is I don't want a branded rocks glass. I don't want a maker's rocks glass. Woodford Reserve has a great gift set as well. I appreciate it. It's not what I want.
1: Well, I think clearly what we need to do is combine uh, the two topics, one that we talked about last week. We need to find a gift set that includes a grill with rocks glasses. (laughs) If we can find that somewhere for Tony, we need to get it.
0: Uh, Number eight on the list is the Four Roses Limited Edition Small Batch Bourbon. Now, this is not the Small Batch Select. That's not what this is. Uh, This is a, they say that the price on this is $400. I don't think I've had this bourbon as I look at it barrel strength Uh, to each their own. But the Small Batch Select is is in my top five. That's how good I thought it was. And even just Four Roses, nice, easy, good sipping bourbon. I'm a fan of Four Roses. I'm not a
1: fan of spending $400 for a bottle of booze. If you can do that, God bless you, knock yourself out. But man, that's a lot of money.
0: Right. They also have on here the Elijah Craig barrel proof. I think people look at the name Elijah Craig and some people are like, oh, that doesn't look like something I should buy. Oh, Elijah Craig is something you should buy. Right. See, all these things are, are worth a try if you're trying to expand the palate and get an understanding of what's being created by the, by these bourbon uh, people. Number four on the list is the Barrel Bourbon Dovetail. I'm a big fan of Barrel Bourbon. B-A-R-R-E-L-L Barrel Bourbon, that's the name. I am a. We've reviewed the Dovetail. I like the Dovetail uh, 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 a lot. I, it's got uh, uh, that bit of dried fruit that's going on uh, in there. It's got that 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 thickness as I see it of 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 a molasses uh uh, you know syrup I I would say they say molasses I would have said more of of a syrup man do I think dovetail is all right and it's finished in those rum and port casks and that's where it gets that kind of uniqueness it is
1: unique and the other thing that of course I like about it over
0: 120 proof right nothing wrong with that but again if if it's just bourbon you want It's not for everybody. It really isn't. This is, it it plays in a in a in a different uh, kind of place. Now, the one their number one is a Woodenville Bourbon Port cask, forty five percent alcohol by volume. Fifty dollars is the price. I have never had it. I'm willing to say, all right, I'll give it a shot based on some of the other things they have on the list. Their number two is the Basil Hayden Ten Year. Now. A mistake I made, I thought because it was a person's name, you pronounce it Basil. And I have oh, and, and I didn't actually always think that. Someone shared that with me. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. No, nope, it's Basil. It's Basil Hayden. Now, I've never had the tenure, but the Basil Hayden dark rye is in my liquor cabinet. I think the Basil Hayden dark rye is just an, an underappreciated rye. I'm, a, I'm more of a rye fan than even a bourbon fan terrific levels of sweetness, terrific level of hit, so you feel special when you're drinking it. I
1: love it. I've had the Basil Hayden 10 year before. I got it free once at a casino. (laughs) And what made it even sweeter was I got four aces on the machine as they handed it to me for uh, a a cool uh, $200. Uh, So I got the free... Hazel Hayden tenure, and $200 cash. It was a good night. You, you didn't
0: share that with me? You weren't there. You don't like You casinos. drank it that night? Well, I like a casino. I don't like losing no, my money. No, just just
1: a, one drink. I didn't get the whole bottle. Oh.
0: Yeah. Oh, I thought they the gave you a bottle. The bartender
1: handed it to me as I was
0: hitting that four aces. Hey, kid, you enjoy. <laughs> uh, it's it's a very, very good list. We will get that on the Eat, Drink, Smoke Facebook page, facebook.com slash Smoke. But the story that's moving media right now is that Warner Brothers has finally come out to say, movies have changed, theaters are dead, everything is online, we're not wasting time. They announced that the entire, so Warner Media, the entire 2021 slate of films Will be released directly on HBO Max at the same time they hit theaters. And if you're a theater owner, if you're in that business, AMC or Regal, your life is miserable at this moment. My
1: God, I heard that news and I thought to myself, are traditional movie
0: theaters gonna go the way of the drive in? AMC fell 16% that day, Cinemark, 22%. And the, the CEO of Warner Media, his name's Jason Keeler. Uh, I think that's how I pronounce his name. He's like, they're overreacting. Everyone should take a breather. Let's let the next six, eight, ten months play out, and then let's check back in. How are they paying the rent in the next six to eight, ten months?
1: They haven't been able to pay the rent in the last ten months. Listen, I don't know how it breaks down as far as uh, what movie theater customers, uh, what the demographic is, if it's families more than dates. But we, we've we talked on previous shows how virtual dating has taken over and maybe something that becomes much more of a thing after the pandemic is over where people are going to meet via Zoom rather than, I don't know, going to a movie and dinner. Is Has this pandemic gotten to the point where it has altered the business model for not only restaurants and movie theaters? Sure looks that way.
0: Suicide Squad, Dune, Matrix 4, and Godzilla versus King Kong, along with the Tom and Jerry movie will be released on HBO Max. That's br- that these are big names. And HBO Max by the way is 14.99 a month. Wow. So you got to ask yourself are these movies worth it? But if they're getting this, the answer becomes yes, maybe for a month here and a month there. I don't think I could do it, you know, for the whole year. I don't think I want to spend the money. But with The Family and some movies you want to see, and it comes out a certain month, you buy it for a month. That's, more, that's at least as, as, as expensive as Netflix. It's more it? expensive by a dollar now wow. than, than, than Netflix. And people are going to have to you know, figure out how they're going to navigate this. Uh, it is the Davidoff Year of the Ox, and I'm into the second, third, and I've gotten a little more leather and a little more bigness in the tobacco. I'm gonna have, we're going to have to get back to a review of this next week. You should try it. It's $40 a stick. This is not for the first-time smoker. And, of course, the Jack Daniels, the single-barrel, barrel-proof, at least the barrels we got from Blend Bar Cigar, just sensational, just sensational, a great gift this holiday season. This is E-Trink Smoke.